Are we live? Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you can you hear me? I can't. I don't know. Can you hear me? <laughs> Let me know. Can you hear me? Do post it in the chat. This background may look a little bit different than usual because I am in Cancun. <laughs> We're just taking a break, hanging out. Do let me know what the uh, what the quality of the audio is like. I know there is people playing outside and stuff. Um, there's some um, background audio or music. You know, there's people partying and stuff. So uh, do let me know. Make sure you can hear me. We're getting some eyes, so that's good. Let's see how this works. Look at this. This this thing restream is so awesome because I can use the same exact interface exactly where I'm at. Doesn't matter where I'm at. I don't need a freaking crazy computer in front of me. Um, we got some sound quality. It's great. And we can uh, hear and see you. Some people, okay, but acceptable. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take it. One iPad today. So um, I am on vacation right now. But am I really on vacation if I'm doing a stream for you guys? Why? Because I love you. I couldn't stay away for too long. Honestly, it's one of those things where um, uh, uh, deliveries was reported not too long ago. And for Tesla, obviously. So for those of you that don't know, and it's been very interesting watching the news around it uh, from afar, you know, from 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 where I'm at on vacation. I told myself I'm not going to pay attention to any news. I'm not going to go on Twitter. I'm not going to go on news sets. I'm not going to go on YouTube. But why would I ever do that when I know myself and I'm freaking terrible sometimes with disconnecting? But honestly, uh, today we're taking a little bit of a break uh, from the really hard work of going into a pool and having a cocktail once or uh, once or twice. So, um, yeah. So for those of you that are not familiar, Tesla delivered about 255,000 cars in Q2. And there's been a lot of really good content around that. But what's been very interesting for me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this in the comments, is that as of late, I've been uh, really seeing a lot of talk about what the Tesla valuation really looks like from uh, you know a stock perspective or from the perspective of what Tesla is supposed to be as an automaker or not. And like, you know, if you've been familiar with Tesla for a while, you know that there's been a lot of doubt around that sort of, um, you know, full self-driving actually coming to fruition, but it's becoming really amplified as of late. What's really interesting, sort of the, the thing that sparked, the sort of thought process that I sparked in my mind is that it's very reminiscent of when Model 3 was ramping back in 2017, 2018, 2019, where Tesla was extremely adamant that they had something in that technology and sort of that product line ramping up that would take Tesla to sort of the next stage of its growth or of its value proposition. And that was the Model 3, you know. So Model S and X were low volume cars, 100,000 cars per year combined. Um, and really Model 3 was meant to be the high volume, high profit, you know, maybe not as high profit as SMX, but it would be able to bring in significantly more money than, say, a traditional car at that volume. So uh, around that time, 2017, 18, and 19, there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of, uh, well, you know, it's impossible to get to that sort of uh, um, volume with the margin that Tesla's saying, 25, 30% margin or, or whatever, because no one else has done it, right? No other automaker has done it. No other um, car manufacturer has done it. And so how can Tesla do it if it's never been done before? So they were proven wrong, <laughs> unfortunately, for those people that had short positions, but they were definitely proven wrong. So now we're at the point in 2022 where we're roughly what, two to three years removed from the Model 3 ramp, where now we have full self-driving capability uh, becoming a, a much bigger um, 
part of the story, right? So call it 2019, 2020 time. A lot of the excitement around the stock, at least from what I saw in the company in general, was, okay, Tesla's going from niche small automaker to larger automaker, some, uh, a company that can actually make a lot of cars per year. Now, as they've closed out Q2 and Q3 and Q4 are coming down the pike, and it's becoming more and more, um, I, at least for those people that are close to the Tesla story, more and more obvious and uh, more of a... Um, the reality that Tesla is going to get to the 2 million, 3 million, 5 million, 10 million, 20 million cars a year standpoint, um, the story is really shifting to, okay, so they're going to be a high volume automaker, but what does this FSD story really tell within that context? And within the Twitter sphere, one of the things I'm noticing is that there's um, sort of this resurgence of uh, bearish voices. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know, these people are bad people or they have bad intentions, not at all whatsoever. It's just, I'm always in, I'm always looking for the spirit of good conversation, right? I'm always looking for people that, that are trying to bring uh, points from, from multiple points of view. But one of the things that I'm really noticing is that there's been a, a much louder chorus of people that are not believers in full, full self-driving. It's becoming significantly louder. And one of the things that I sort of noticed from back in the model three days uh, when it was ramping is that the closer we were getting to the reality of that thing actually happening, meaning Model 3 actually going live and, and becoming a, a, a true mass market car, the louder those voices got that said, it can't be done. It can't be done. And so I'm seeing this like ramp of uh, voices and loudness coming from the camp of FSD can't be done. And it's becoming a uh, something that's starting to dominate the bearish sort of uh, um, voice. The, the bearish side of the argument is no longer becoming a, I'm hearing a lot less of, well, Tesla can't really get to 10 million cars. Tesla can't get to 5 million cars. Tesla can't make a mass market vehicle at a profit. Now it's becoming, well, Tesla can't solve full self-driving. Tesla can't get full FSD out the door. Tesla's going to have a really tough time with regulators, so on and so forth. And um, so that was really interesting. It's been really interesting to follow, but do tell, do let me know um, what you think about that. And, and I would love to read some comments and we'll do it like we did before too. Uh, as we get a little bit deeper in the stream, I'm going to post a link so you can uh, come on the uh, stream with me and just ask questions and then we'll have a conversation all together. Right. Because why would we ever stop doing that? Come on now. <laughs> I have to read this one real quick. Um, that intro with the multiple countdown clocks was annoying for us. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. So what ended up happening was that I clicked uh, go live by accident, uh, five minutes early and there isn't a five minute countdown. And instead of closing the stream, I just re-looped <laughs> the countdown stuff. So, whoops, sorry. Um, anyway, pretty interesting stuff. So, yeah, Gary Black. So, I, I, I do know some people do think Gary Black is sort of a bearish, uh, more of a bearish. Or, or, I mean, some people think he's more bearish uh, than others. But I do. the one thing I like about Gary Black is that he's, he's usually pretty honest about how he feels about the company. He doesn't sugarcoat stuff, you know. I did see there was an interesting thread where um, he said uh, Dave and Dave Lee and James Dama are unabashed Tesla bulls, and so you know they're not really the the best voices to listen to for objective, um, full self driving sort of uh, Tesla's ability to get there. But uh, I feel like those two guys are extremely well read, especially James Dama. So I don't know if that's necessarily uh, fair, just because they. Um, just because they're very positive on it doesn't mean that they're unabashed, right? It could be that they've done their research and they think that it's going to be amazing, right? So, so how do we how do we balance those two things, right? Um, 
let's see, Michelle said he needs to stop with his predictions about when something will happen, encourages the tag. I'm assuming this is uh, directed to Elon, right, Michelle? Um, I think I think that's, I can see how that could be a thing, right? What's interesting there to think about is like, okay, so like what, why would he say those things, right? Why Why is he making predictions? Is that just the kind of person he is or he's, is he trying to do something with the company or whatever? So I think the context of why he says those things is important to understand. And I would love to hear what you guys think. Like, why does he, why does he make predictions? What's the point of making a prediction, right? Um, it'd be really interesting. Uh, Jim said, similar pattern to the time of first powered flight. Not many thought it would be possible and had to see it first. Uh, yeah, sure. A lot of people have a tough time understanding if something can really be done until somebody does it, right? Uh, which it really is a, is a major disadvantage for those that are not willing to think big. You know, a lot of people might say, well, you know, you can't be delusional about these things. But that's, you know, somebody said it over here. Uh, let's see a comment that was very interesting about opportunity. Uh, let me see. If I can, oh, yeah, cool. I found it from a, a Galactic Fox 777. The belief that belief is called that disbelief, excuse me, is called opportunity, and I think that's a really good way of putting sort of the value proposition of Tesla long term. Especially if you're somebody who believes that it becomes true, then your ability to really capitalize on the stock going up or whatever, or, or the or the company's successes, it's really directly tied to the fact that not a lot of people believe that, right? Um, and that's where that's where the game comes from is that sort of gap between disbelief and opportunity. Um, what year do I think RoboTaxi happens? Justin asks. I think I, I've been pretty open in saying that I think level four autonomy does get solved late this year. I think with Karpathy going on sabbatical and Elon taking on Twitter, it says that the leaders of the company are sort of refocusing part of their bandwidth to other things. And I think that bodes uh, well for what they called the biggest priority for the company, which was full self-driving. So I think level four this year, I do think RoboTaxi probably happens next year. Uh, some sort of trial. I, I do think that that's the case. So, um, and I don't know if you can see it. I'm freaking sweating, y'all. It's freaking hot. <laughs> it's hot out here. It's like 85, but it's like a trillion percent humidity. So if I sweat on you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to try not to uh, sweat on you guys. So, but yeah, ask, ask your questions in the comments. I'm going to post the, um, the uh, link for, to come on. And if you'd like to ask some uh, questions live as well. There's the link. I hope it works on iPad. I have never done this on iPad before, so I'll be very interested to see. Uh, but yeah, if you want to jump on with me and uh, hop on a live uh, ask a question while we're on here live with the community, just click on that link and uh, let's uh, let's chat. So somebody said go inside. Uh, I would, but our uh, hotel room is not currently fit for that. <laughs> let's just put it that way. <laughs> Uh, negatives come from all quarters. Uh, the annoying factors are Musk's uh, stupid frigging comments about his ongoing need for cash when the share is crawling over a thousand he sells. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know, Alan. I don't know. I don't know if that's a fair uh, characterization of um, uh, uh, about his comments. I just think Elon has always, always, ever since he's really been part of the company, he's just forthright about what he thinks, right? So I don't know if that's necessarily a negative. I think that's probably more just a reflection of the fact that he just speaks his mind, and that's rare. That's extremely rare, you know. So, um, and if you do jump on, the, the one request I do have is that you show your face. So make sure your camera is on, so that we can see each other. Let's make this as personal as humanly possible. 
Now, I said this after our first guest came on, so we'll give Martin a pass. Let's see if we can bring him in. Boom, he's on. But from this point forward, do make sure you have a video camera so I can see you. So, Martin, can you hear me, my friend? Hello. Hello, hello. Is Martin there? Can you all hear Martin? I can't hear Martin. I don't know if you all can hear Martin. Do let me know. Um, but, yeah, if you do want to jump on and ask a question, just uh, click on the link that I sent previously. I reposted here in case you missed it. Uh, and the one request I do have is to make sure that you do have your webcam on. Can anybody hear Martin? I, I can't hear. Oh, he left. Maybe he's having some uh, some issues. So, uh, yeah, huge, huge Elon fan. Too much tweeting. Uh, you got to be do something. You got to do something while you're pooping. <laughs> A lot of people would say just poop and don't, don't tweet. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So can't hear Martin. Okay. So Martin went off and he'll be back. He'll be back shortly. Um, I don't know how much of a delay there is between this and y'all sending comments. It might be like a 10-second delay. So if there's a little bit of a delay with me replying to your comments, that's probably what it is. Um, yeah, RB. RB, bro. $5 super sticker. Thank you so much, RB. Long-time listener of this channel. Thank you very much. You're helping me buy a cocktail today, a special cocktail that's not part of the package. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, character holding their uh, head in their hands saying, you're my non number one. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, thoughts on Elon's Twitter last week, meaning the him him missing from from Twitter entirely. Yeah, I think. I mean, it looks like he's just like um taking a break. So he sent a picture of himself with the Pope, and it looks like he's just chilling in, in Italy, Venice, and those areas. Just uh, finally, maybe taking some time with the family, perhaps in preparation for the Fourth of July um, sort of holiday in the U.S. You know, we're in Cancun for 4th of July. We're not in America to celebrate. So I think Elon's just taking a break, you know, and I think that's healthy. There could also be a part of it where he's um, maybe under some sort of NDA with Twitter and it requires him to sort of stay quiet and he's going to minimize his uh, chances of saying something. Sort of like, you know, alluding to some of the comments that were made previously that sometimes maybe he's not the best at like <laughs> staying quiet. So, but it's, uh, it's curious. Maybe Elon was constipated. If that was the case, he'd be freaking tweeting every second, right? Uh, that's funny. You know, I was silent until he met the Pope-ish dude. <laughs> the Pope-ish. Isn't he like the full Pope? Do we have uh, Pope-ish? Um, James, welcome, my friend. Greetings from Canada. Greetings from Cancun. Greetings from Cancun, Mexico. Do let me know in the comments where you're from. Where are you, where are you calling in from? Where are you, uh, I don't know, logging in from? What's the proper technology? Uh, um terminology here do let me know where you're from uh kai asks is it more of a gut feeling for you that robo taxi will be next year or do you have more evidence than we do no i don't i don't necessarily have more evidence than you do i just uh the one thing that i sort of watch out for is what are the things that are happening at the company that we can sort of understand a little bit of and really just i think Carpathi going on a sabbatical elon taking on twitter yeah, the fact that they've uh, been uh, opening up FSD to more and more people, I think they're down to 93 safety score. The fact that I have FSD beta uh, um, in my car, in my Model Y performance. The fact that Elon has been openly talking about having a robo-taxi, dedicated robo-taxi next year some, in some sort of shape, shape or form. There's just a lot of factors that to me tell me that I, it's likely for that thing to be available next next year. I'm not saying I'm right, right? I'm just using those variables as a way for me to say, okay, so this this looks like the trend that we're going towards. But I, I've you know stated multiple times that 
even if it doesn't happen next year, even if it happens in say 2025 and it's three years later, two years later, whatever, in reality, what, what's becoming obvious is that the player that's first to market is going to have probably a monopoly for a long while until other players catch it, catch up. And it doesn't matter if that's in three years or in 10 years. Um, if you compare Tesla's technology to every other car company out there, any other industry player out there, how long has it taken the other players to come out with a technology or a competing product um, after Tesla initially released it? So the way I think about it is, okay, so Model S came out in 2012-ish, 2012. And when did you have a luxury uh, EV with over 250 miles on ra- of range with similar performances to Model Y? And it took at least five years. W- when was the first real competitor, the Porsche Taycan, right? When did that come out? 2019? 2020 maybe? That hasn't been that long. Let me know when the Taycan came out. But that's when the first actual true competitor to the Model S from 2012 came out. Okay? Uh, seven to eight years later. So that's how I think about the other technologies and industries that uh, are trying to compete with Tesla. Now, one can make the argument that over time, competitors could become closer and closer. They could get they could narrow that, that gap, you know, as they become more um, familiar with the industry and the technology. But that's one of the, that's another reason why I think uh, Tesla's qu- quite a bit ahead, and that's why I think, regardless of when they come out, they're going to have that uh, industry for themselves for quite a while. So, let me know if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So we got people from Berlin. We got people from Denmark. We got people from uh, all kinds of kinds of different places. Usually, this stream has a lot of variety. A lot of variety. Um, the sticker was to support the. Uh, FM brisket cookout. Thank you. I haven't made a brisket in like two months, dude. It's been a while. Maybe longer. Uh, Optimus asked, do you think I, I can? Uh, we can meet the 50% growth this year? I think it's possible. I think uh, the fact that June was their biggest month ever and Q3 and Q4 are going to have a more ramped uh, Austin and Berlin. And the fact that they, uh, they've gone through some adjustments in their workforce and their organization to try and make the company as lean as possible and as effective as possible, the 10% salary layoffs, right? All these things are, are allowing the, are maximizing the chances of Tesla having incredibly, uh, successful quarters. And so using that thought process, then, uh, we could meet it. Yeah, we can definitely can meet it. The question becomes like, what are, what are the, what are the gating factors? What are the bottlenecks? What are the barriers that stand between 50% being achieved or not, right? There's a plane going overhead. I don't know if you can hear it, but uh, that's how I think about it. So it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. So we got people from Austria. We got people from Serbia. Look at that. Just an international. International. We got Bangkok, Montreal. Look at that. Um, again, I do want to state, if you do want to come on and ask a question live, here's a link to... Come on and ask your questions live. You'll get priority. The only thing I ask is that you turn on your mic, uh, your uh, video, and have decent audio. You probably have better audio than I will <laughs> right now. So, uh, yeah. So, Reclining Buddha, that's a great name. How long before we see FSC in the UK or Europe? So, I'm not quite sure. I would love to hear sort of people's um, opinions on this in the chat. But the way I think about uh, FSD in UK or Europe, those jurisdictions are usually quite a bit more restrictive when it comes to allowing self-driving technology. So really the biggest mitigating factor there would be uh, how willing are the governments uh, to allow some sort of trial. I think if the US 
say by the next year, the U.S. has some sort of limited trial with robotaxis here and it becomes super useful, especially from a cost perspective. It becomes way, way cheaper to transport people, especially in a recessionary, recessionary environment where people don't have enough cash to afford freaking paying for fuel, right? So that could become a, a big um, advantage for robotaxi technology. And uh, in Europe, it could maybe fast-track that approval. So that's how I think about it, but it, it could take quite a bit longer than than the USA, for example. Um, DRK, welcome back, my friend. You're like on every stream, I feel like you're the best. Regulators in the EU, EU are the holdup. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty significant piece of the um, the puzzle, unfortunately. We got people from Istanbul. We got people from, from France, Norway. I love it. I love it. Uh, I hope everyone is having a great weekend, especially for those in the USA enjoying the long holiday. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you, DR. Yes, absolutely. It is 4th of July in the US this weekend. And if you're in the, uh, in the rural areas of the US and you own a gun, I'm sure you're going to use that as a firework. <laughs> so um, Jared asks, uh, end of year price target. Yeah, I, I, I have a full model that I use to price out Tesla and I've shared it before. And if it was easy for me to share it here, I would share it, but unfortunately it's not. Um, What's the best way to uh, share this? How about this? Uh, What I'll do is at the end of the stream, I'll post the link in the description of this video and then you'll be able to access that. I believe end of the year I have Tesla, man, like between 14 and 1600, if I remember correctly, I don't know it off the top of my head head because I've been, um, I've been going back and forth, uh, changing some numbers. Actually, I'll pull it up right now for you because I have it on my phone here. Let's see. It is at fourteen twenty-five. Uh, but again, that's my number. I don't know if I'm right. I'm just being, you know, guessing at this point. But what analyst isn't <laughs> right? Uh, we got people from Istanbul and Boston, and we got a guest on. We got. Uh, let's see if this works. But can you hear what me, analyst? sir? Oh, hello. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, okay. Um, One, real quick, Stefan, sorry. Can you mute the live stream? Because it's uh, we're getting um, Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. No give me a second. Sure. We'll give you a second. We got our first guest. I can hear myself. That's hilarious. <laughs> sure. You may be able to just hit the volume uh, button on the on the YouTube video. There you go. I think okay. You got it. Um, perfect. Does it work now? Yeah, we're perfect. Can you hear me? Oh, my problem is when I mute the light stream, then I oh, don't yeah. hear what I you're saying. Everything. <laughs> yeah, if you go, um, I'm not that ready yet. Can okay. you? Yeah, I'm gonna turn them off real quick. Okay, we got Stefan uh, working on his. Um, on his uh, on his thing. Give me a heads up. Give me a thumbs up once you're ready, and then we'll bring it back in. Um, <laughs> that's this is why I like these like uh these live chats. They're so fun. We can bring people in again. If you haven't um seen the link, if you want to jump on and ask a question live, I have the link right there. Um, come on right in, and then we can uh, have a discussion. Uh, we got a question here. Tesla for sure has competitors, especially people who are not that technology driven, but uh, it does not matter that at all in current market situation, all of these which are built will be sold several years. Yeah, I 
I think I understand what you're saying, JK. Um, yeah, it all depends. It all depends, like, like which which product's going to be best in the field, right? If like how long? I think when we talk about comp- competitors, is like who's going to be the best bested market, right? It's not realistic for a company to have a hundred percent market share in anything, right? But you know, it's 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 one of those things where, like. It's just going to be interesting to see who's going to be the best player. Right now, Tesla has been the best player for a long time, and it could become uh, could continue to be the best player. And I think when people say there's no competitors, I think that's within the context of that. So, um, and yeah, if uh, uh, Stefan, I think if if you can see that, okay. So we got, we think we're good. Okay, Jared, I see you. I'm going to bring you on next, my friend. All right. Okay. All right, my question is about uh, people making forecasts, and there's a, there's on one hand is Elon making forecasts that. Uh, um, FSD will be ready this year, and on the other hand, is there's the auto industry making the forecast the, co- the competition is coming, and both of these forecasts don't have a very good history. And my thing is, why do people stick to the methods of forecasting uh, even when they are proven wrong? That's a really good question. <laughs> That's a phenomenal and, and, question. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like to ask this Elon, but he's obviously not on today. So <laughs> maybe next time when he's on. And, and I'm not saying I have no idea if he's wrong or not in the end. But yeah, I, I would challenge his bad track record to the same. But on the FSD thing, um, okay, he if he thinks he will solve it because the problems he knows about they are about to solve. I think that's his thinking. Yeah, process. I think so. Yeah, and I think. Was, All along, and why is he so sure they are not? And he also said uh, they discovered new problems, the new holes right. they had to jump over in the past. Right? Why is he so sure that there's not the keep, case keep again facing those problems this, again? Right? Right? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think I think that's at the root as to why predicting the future is so difficult. You know, I think I think it's just another lesson again and again that tells us like, okay, so when you have a company that's doing really, really hard things and make uh, solving really, really hard problems, uh, especially when you have a leader like Elon that appears to be extremely, um, you know, how do I say it, optimistic to a, to a fault, overly optimistic. I think it's just, uh, it's you're proven yet and yet again why predicting things is so, so hard. And But I think on the flip side is if a company has enough talent to make that stuff happen, and if a company has a the ability to make those really hard things to predict true, Then you get a situation like a Tesla, I think, where you have outsized sort of like gains and outsized wins versus everybody else, because at least you're willing to bet on that thing potentially yeah. uh, being right, right? So I think it's just a mixture of like of those things. Now, um, how how do we get better at predicting? I I have no idea to be completely honest. I think one of the things that could help is just keep trying, you know, keep trying, <laughs> keep seeing if we can get better and. Don't be afraid to put it out there. I think sometimes people are afraid to be wrong when they're predicting uh, big ideas, you know. And so, like, I think I think it's better to be in a situation where people are predicting big ideas happening and getting them wrong than no one predicting anything and then nobody knows what the hell to be excited for. You know, that's how I think yeah. about it. Let me know if that's for the anyway. for the analysts. I think that they're rather predicting what anyone else expects them to predict. Right. And so they're sticking to that. But that's very true. That's very true. And they're also like tied to. Uh, these, you know, these funds that are very old school to your point, you know, yeah. using very old methods of predicting. And um, it's it's weird because like you could find maybe analysts on YouTube that are just as good as predicting than these yeah. like guys that have been at They're these awesome. companies for a long time. But 
yeah, I don't, it's just a hard thing to do. And now we, we're living in a world where some people just do a better job than others. And those people are on YouTube sometimes, you know. <laughs> thank you for the question, well, man. Thank Appreciate you for you that. On. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. you. All right. We got our next guest. We got Jared with his really cool background. What's up, man? Hey, man. I'm in my, uh, my new YouTube studio set, but I wanted to talk about uh, Tesla housing with you potentially. Sure. Um, Tesla is such a manufacturing expert. The housing industry is such an important industry. Construction is huge in America, around the world. Um, Tesla is developing the HVAC solutions, I know. So with your insider perspective, what do you think about Tesla getting into housing manufacturing? Yeah, that's a really good question. You want to plug your YouTube channel real quick while you're, you're on here? Yeah, it's just my name, yeah. Jarrett Gross, yeah. uh, J-A-R-E-T-T-G-R-O-S-S. It, it's all about 3D printed houses. I've been traveling around the world to visit and tour all the different 3D printed homes. I'm interested in automated construction. That's automate construction in the background. So okay. I'm trying to figure out how that's going to happen. And it seems like 3D printed construction isn't making things cheaper yet yeah. uh, in yeah. that application. So yeah. I'm wondering maybe there's some large scale manufacturing with Agile or with the like 4D manufacturing Tesla facilities. How, how yeah. can they or will they even pursue housing? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think I think from, from at least what I learned from, from where I worked there, I think Tesla has the ability to really approach problems um, their own way. You know, so I think I think when it comes to automated uh, building or housing or getting into the housing system, I think about it. OK, so like Elon thinks about 10, 20 years in the future. OK, and what are we going to try to do in 10 to 20 years from now is colonize Mars in some respect. OK, so cool. So if we know that's going to be a thing that's potentially going to happen in the future, uh, why wouldn't housing be part of that solution? You know, why wouldn't be uh, Elon and the teams at SpaceX and Tesla and the other areas try and and see if they can solve for that? So one, one of the things that I've been thinking about, I made a video about this not too long ago, was that I think there might be a market for Tesla to get into sort of the, the habitat game, for example, mm-hmm. where they're trying to build out uh, areas where people like say they land on Mars and they don't have to freaking wear a suit. They can just go out on on, on the on the ground or whatever with just a habitat that say it's you know two blocks by two blocks or something in the city uh, to try and make the colonization of Mars way more straightforward way easier for people to adopt and like you said like the HVAC thing that they're working on is a direct correlation to that because you have to figure out how to freaking pump air in there <laughs> you know you have to figure out how to recycle the air um, you think about the cyber truck getting built out and the and the steel that they're using for that could you leverage that in the supply chain to build out a habitat or even a home I, I don't know. I think I think it really becomes a, a, a piece of like when I think Tesla or Elon getting into housing, it's just what, what does that mean within the context of colonizing Mars? And I think if we think about it within that context, it sort of becomes a little bit more potentially clear how Tesla might approach that problem. I could yeah, be 100% wrong. You know? The Cybertruck, I think about the Gigapress, the Hydra Press, and maybe there's a way they could implement that with housing. But do you want a house made out of metal? Uh, and can you bring a gigapress to Mars? Can you True. use regolith in a gigapress? Uh, I don't know the answers to any of these questions. Yeah, me neither do I. But I think I think what it really comes down to is if if uh, if, if it makes sense for Elon at some point and his companies to get into some sort of housing project because there's so many technologies that that are shared potentially. HVAC, build outs, whatever, whatever you want to call it, just simple like supply chain, even the even the solar roof, if you really think about it. Uh, one of the reasons why it seems like from what we're hearing in the news is that one of the mitigating factors or one of the factors that's really making the solar roof hard to adopt 
is that you have to freaking build this thing for a lot of unique houses and each mm-hmm. house is built differently. You could partner with like builders and stuff, but you're still uh, working with companies that have been building homes the same way for, I don't know, 50 years. I have no freaking idea. Right. So there's a lot of room for disruption there. And Elon and, and companies and his companies have been extremely good at disrupting and innovating on those on those things. So what could make the build out of a solar roof much, much faster and easier? Freaking build your own house and make it so that the house and the roof are super, super easy to build. So you can really drive the adoption of sustainable energy generation, you know, things like that. So um, it's probably not going to be for another like 10, 20 years, at least, I think, if Tesla mm-hmm. and Elon were to get in that game. But. But it, it's a lot of it's a lot of shared skill sets, it's shared uh, knowledge. It's, it's automation and, and build out of, of things and manufacturing is like just I feel like you can apply it to anything. You know, it's just a lot of shared expertise. Now, of course, you're going to have some minutia between them, but you just need engineers to build stuff. And Elon has the best engineers. So why won't you build freaking houses? You know, <laughs> that's what I'm know. thinking. I mean, 10, yeah. 20 years is not a long time. I, ha- I can wait right. that long. Yeah, same man. Great question. Thank you so much. And again, uh, you want to plug your channel one more time for the for the viewership? Yeah, it's just my name, Jared Gross, J A R E T T G R O S S, and it's all about construction automation. Uh, if oh. I could ask one more question, have you been to of Boca course. Chica? I have not, not yet. You haven't. They have a ton of like airstream units and some other experimental housing down there. Uh, I visited twice. So I guess they're not doing anything that you know about in terms of experimenting with housing solutions. Um, the only thing that I know of that that Elon is tied to is like that fifty thousand dollar house that he's got. Yeah, boxable. Apparently that boxable, right? So maybe that's he's living in there because he's trying to beta test and see, okay, is there something here, kind of thing? Like, how can we use this to scale it up? Well, he um, bought I a house seen. in Boca Chica for fifty thousand yeah. dollars. He also happens to have a boxable unit in his backyard in that house that he purchased for fifty thousand. Gotcha. That's just a regular house, the same as all the other houses on the street. It was a long time ago before SpaceX was there. The land was worth. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. But so he doesn't live in it full time. Certainly, he may have one in his backyard or something. Uh, Got it. But yeah, man, I don't want to take up any more time in the live stream. Thanks, it's awesome. You made this available. Uh, if you of do course, it in the future, man. maybe I'll hop on again. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Later Thank on. you so Thanks. much for stopping by. Take it easy. Bye. Cool. Awesome. Guys, I don't know if this is a glitch, but it says that we have 5,000 people watching. Can you verify that for me? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, restream could be glitching here, but we'll see. Um, and I'll get anybody else that wants to jump on and ask a, a few questions here uh, before we um, end the live stream here, probably in the next 15, 20 minutes, if I were to guess. Uh, we have somebody else on. Awesome. Dave. Oh, hey. How you doing, sir? Great. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can. Uh, so I thought I would pose a different kind of question. So we, well, your stream title started out talking about FSD. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. certainly been the big uh, concern. But I think a greater concern is just ramping up the 4680s because that is such – a foundation, you know, not only for all of the cars, all of the existing cars, but also the Cybertruck, the semi, all of their uh, uh, utility scale uh, uh, battery packs and whatnot, mega pack. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, we've seen Elon and his teams at 
Tesla and SpaceX, you know, which make huge progress. But yeah, what you think about <laughs> you know getting this this uh, a ramp up to the level that's needed to support all of just everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so really, the question becomes like when. When does 4680 really help Tesla gets to where it needs to be as a company, right? That's really right. the overarching question here. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mother of all questions. <laughs> That's really yeah. the mother of all questions, you know? I think I think what's what's very um, promising here is that from from the standpoint, and again, this is how I think about it, you know, like obviously I could be wrong here, but the way I think about it is that Tesla's investing a lot of time and effort into ensuring that they have all the necessary pieces to make 4680 a, re, uh, a huge reality of the future. And so the Giga Texas bill that is, is an obvious piece of that, right? So right. They, they've been, God knows how many thousands of acres. They, I think they've like 2,000 or 3,000 acres. They have a Giga factory built down in record time. Uh, they, they are very open about saying how 4680 is going to be extremely crucial in their in their long-term goals. I think with, with in respect to Tesla, I think what's interesting about that specific technology and how they think about long-term is that, you know, Again, they're not necessarily the best when it comes to like hitting uh, timelines. You know, they'll say, "Oh, we'll be ramped October 2020," and it's whatever. <laughs> then it's 2022, and I'm in Cancun, sweating my ass off, and we still, you know, <laughs> we still don't have the the whole thing going on. So, um, but I, th- I think the fact that they're working on it, and the fact that, uh, in my opinion, they have a track record of executing, even though they're executing late, uh, they execute. Uh, I think that's really by far the most important one. And so I think if we, and again, draw a parallel to say Model 3 or Model S, um, you know, these are game-changing things that have happened where they invest a lot of time to make it happen. And once it came to fruition, it changed the game entirely. So, um, you know, it'll be late, but I'm confident they'll get it done. And when it gets done, they'll have an advantage from a supply chain perspective. They'll have an advantage from a technology perspective. And then basically, you know, they'll, they'll have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to having the best battery technology in their hands that they built from scratch, you know? So that's how I think about it. So uh, as long as we have patience and, and you know, you're somebody who's willing to wait for that to come to fruition, I think then that's where the opportunity lies. Again, I'm not 100% sure it's, it's going to happen, but I'm just using the company's previous track record as a barometer to, to get there. So does that help? Think about uh, it a little bit? Yeah, I just, yeah. No, I, you know, as I was saying, you know, they certainly have conquered plenty of, challenges in the past i mean whoever thought anyone would fly a rocket back and land it on a postage stamp in the atlantic or yeah whatever uh yeah. but um you know it just seems like the the focus is so shifted directly to fsd when in my perspective the um the batteries are so much more key because they're so much, they're so fundamental right, to everything that Tesla. Yeah. And I think that's where master plan part three comes into play too. You know, like he's talked about master plan part three. So maybe my, my gut tells me and sort of what I'm theorizing is that the yearly uh, investing, uh, the investor meeting that they're having in August, I think August 4th or 5th, I think that we're going to have a lot better visibility into what their thoughts are from a ramp perspective for 4680. And uh, I would assume that master plan part three that Elon has talked about is directly tied to that ramp. So um, it's just I think I think it's just a matter of wait and see. And uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see how they how they approach the ramp and how 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 quickly they can get to the number that they need to get to to really drive the plans that they say they're going to drive. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. 
Thank you very much, Dave. Have a good one. Yep. Take it easy. Uh, we asked a, uh, somebody asked a question. Is this live? Yes, it is live. We're live, Canada. Hello. Um, awesome. If uh, anybody else wants to jump on and ask a question, here's the link. We'll have a conversation together. Uh, I'm not a prophet. I'm not an oracle. I just like to talk to people. Uh, Jeff, keep up the good work, uh, FM. Thank you very much. Uh, what happened? What that insane uh, boost in uh, viewers? What happened there? And yeah, it said we had 41,000 viewers a minute ago. What was that? Was that Jared? Uh, does Jared have a huge following or something? Because it happened when he came on. And then we had like a gigantic spike. So, uh, or it's just uh, the Cancun internet replicating itself 41,000 times. <laughs> you guys let me know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Hello, hello, everybody. Artful Dodgers on. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. Russian bots, right? Yeah, maybe we had 41,000 Russian bots. We got raided by a bunch of bots. Uh, How many bots do you think um, work in software development? Uh, Yeah, I think, um, I don't know the the number. Uh, I'm going to guess it's probably, it's probably going to be a little bit less than, say, a, massive software company per se uh tesla does run pretty lean when it comes to these uh more technical sort of areas versus other companies at as a percentage of like total workforce uh i think about it more from a standpoint of like how much value can these software developers bring you know so it's not really a number how many software developers they have i would say like how many units of useful value can their software development developers create and i'm willing to bet tesla is by far the highest you know that could be a thousand software developers that could be a million software developers right i think that the the net product that's released from the software development team i think is what really uh, sets it apart so um yeah i would guess uh rb guess 50 programmers on the bots I dude, I think it's like five. <laughs> I think it's like five right now. It might be fifty long term, uh, but it'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, comment from uh, Arthur Dodger. My major concern is that governments use the economic downturn to change up rules and do away with dates to stop ice manufacturers producing vehicles. What happens then? Um, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think I think governments are really, especially in Europe. Like there is a sorry, I didn't mean to do that. There we go. Um, I think there is a. <laughs> can you see my nostrils? I got to All right, focus. Here we go. I think there is a uh, a lot of momentum from the European governments to really push the envelope as far as ICE uh, going away. I think that's going to set a precedent because that is going to. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's going to really set the stage for the rest of the world when it comes to moving to EVs. I think it would be silly for governments to spend too much money on or too much attention and time on investing on an obsolete technology, i.e. ICE vehicles. Uh, And so I think what's going to end up happening as the economic downturn starts to happen, I think these, say, companies that potentially are heavily invested in ICE, like Ford, GM, et cetera, et cetera, if they start to fail, I think what's going to end up happening is that they're going to start getting bailed out, you know, and, but with the condition that they have to invest a ton on electric vehicles, they have to invest a ton on um, shifting towards that kind of technology instead of uh, really 
spending too much time on their ICE vehicle. So let me know if that helps and let me know if that's something that makes sense. Um, Gustav, doesn't matter. ICE is going away as EVs keep getting better, more affordable. Sure, sure, sure. GM will lead the way to the bailout queue. <laughs> uh, but come on, but Mary, Mary led. Everybody knows this. Come on. She's the best. She's the best. Um, yeah, so there's a reply from a DR. Uh, in Europe, people are really annoyed by the fact that Tesla still has still not deployed the software update to correctly read speed signs and taking them correctly into accounting using AP. Any ideas why? No ideas why. I do know that regulators in um, EU are, are a little bit more stringent when it comes to sort of the like software releases and stuff. So I don't know why that would be a holdup because it does it just fine in the US. That's never a problem. So it might be tied to something to do with the uh, with autopilot altogether and getting regu- regulatory approval, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. All right. Last call. If anybody wants to come on and ask any questions, I reposted the comment uh, or the link in the comments. The only request I have is that you uh, have your video camera on and you have at least as good as good of audio as I do or similar so that we can all hear you and see you. Right. Um, I'm sweating. Do you see the sweat on my forehead? You see that? Man. So hot. I'm about to jump in the pool after this. <laughs> hot, hot, hot. Cancun, Mexico, by, by the way, for those that um, are uh, potentially thrown off by the background, we're on vacation. Remember when Ford Model 2 replaced horse carriages? I don't. I wasn't around, but I heard, I heard about it. I read about it. Um, all other ADA systems from other manufacturers does it is strange. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is, it's, a, it's a great call. I don't know why they would have so many limitations on that specific technology or that specific part of the software. It's really strange. But I'd be surprised if it's a Tesla thing. It's probably a regular thing. Uh, it, it just seems like such a simple thing to, to, um, to update. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Moto asks, what can Tesla fans do in local government, et cetera, to help speed up the legal side of the regulatory blocks in his path? Man, that's just such a good question, right? I think I think really reaching out to your local officials, your, your public servants, and letting them know why you think um, companies like Tesla being able to, you know, have certain technologies more heavily adopted or heavily supported by governments and local jurisdictions is important and just send them letters, call them. You know, I do think there is a general lack of, and I'm guilty of this to be completely honest. I think a lot of us are, we are, we invest less time in our local governments than we should. And so maybe our passion for Tesla can be one of the reasons why we start really changing that up and say, Hey, you know what? Maybe we need to start, uh, really leading a movement of getting government officials, especially in the local jurisdictions, to really wake up to this, right? So talk to them, call them, attend their events, send them letters. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not great at this stuff, to be completely honest, but that seems like the best way to approach it, right? So if anybody has any ideas in the comments, definitely drop them. That's a great question, Moto. Yeah. Tell them what you want, attend meeting and bring up your concerns. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're public servants. They're they're supposed to be listening to our concerns, right? So 
uh, it would make sense that if we go to their places and if a lot of us are speaking the right language or the same language, they'll listen. So uh, we got a question from Donald. Uh, did you see all those Waymo cruise vehicles stuck themselves at an intersection for a few hours? I was have to come get them. I did not. Wow. I got to look that up. <laughs> if I knew how to uh, share YouTube videos on this on the iPad, I would, but. Maybe we'll save that for the next live stream. We'll uh, maybe uh, use that as a little bit of a little, little fun, a little fun, a little fun. Okay, a couple more minutes, a couple more minutes uh, before we say goodbye. Last question, send them in. One last call. If you want to jump on and ask a question live, I posted a link again on the comments. Our only request is that you have your video camera on and decent audio. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um. Oh, you saw it, DR? Yeah, I would love to see it. I probably need to, like, as soon as we're done here with the, uh, with the, with the uh, thing. Oh, before, before I forget, guys, we're very professional now, so we have to do this. Ready? Ready? Wow. Even on the iPad. Look at that. This, we use this number. Don't forget to hit the like if you are enjoying the, uh, the content. For sure, for sure. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. When is the next time for the live stream? So our next live streams are usually on Wednesdays, but I'll be coming back on the Wednesday, but I do think I'll do it on Thursday of next week of this upcoming week. So uh, look out for that then. Uh, do we think the market will be up in arms at the numbers? I think that's an amazing job. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I think generally speaking from what I saw, and I think Dan Ives and others feel this way too on Twitter is like, Anything above 250 was sort of in line, like 250 to 260 was in line, below 250 in disappointment, above 260, uh, like a surprise on the upside. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, I have no idea how the market's going to move, but I, I feel like having it so that it's, um, I think it's probably not going to do too much, to be honest, personally. What do you guys think? What do you think it's going to do? I think it's just going to do whatever macro does. And I say that I say that as somebody who has no idea what the hell he's talking about. So um, let me know what you guys think in the comments. But I do think it's going to be it's going to be at the mercy of the macro. So if macro's up, Tesla's up. If macro's down, Tesla's down. We'll see. All right, a few more questions, and then we'll call it a day. Do you think jo Dojo will be a big part of AI Day? Maybe an announcement saying that they are now using it. I think Dojo is going to be a massive piece of AI Day. I think Dojo Level Four Autonomy Robo Taxi the bot. Those are going to be the big topics. Who knows? Maybe a new <laughs> technology that this is working on. But I think Doge is 100% a big part of the, uh, of the equation for sure. Um, so glad that we have a long weekend so people may be more relaxed. Come Tuesday, bought some more before the closing bell. I mean, I think any, any sort of time to um, digest news I think is good generally, especially if there's some positive angles to it. Like, for example, June being the most – uh, the biggest uh, month ever, but yeah. Okay. All right, everybody. We're going to call it there. Sweating. I'm in Cancun. Thank you very much for coming on. Don't forget. If you enjoy what you saw, I would love it. If you throw me a like, and we'll see you again, probably Thursday, uh, which would be July 7th. So uh, take it easy. Have a good one. Peace out, everybody. Mwah. Love you. Have a great weekend. Have a great holiday weekend if you're in the United States. 
and uh, be safe and uh, say hi to your family and friends and just just have fun, everybody. Take it easy.